Hey everyone, it's Britt from Tiny Bites. Before we get into this week's episode, just a quick word from this week's sponsor. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode, download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. I love that for when I'm traveling. Easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Just search for Tiny Bites on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab and follow me so you never miss an episode of Tiny Bites. Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service and now it can be your go-to for podcasts too. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tiny Bites. Jumping right into it today, I want to talk about the decluttering method slash lifestyle brand, Taking the World by Storm, Con Marie. In case you don't have Netflix or Twitter, Marie Kondo has a new show on Netflix and people have all the feelings about it. I'm jumping on the bandwagon a little late in terms of talking about it, but that's because I really wanted to take some time to organize my thoughts. So first up, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the show version of Con Marie. I've been purposefully avoiding it because I just know that it won't be helpful for me for where I'm at in my decluttering journey. I've also been avoiding the show for the same reason I've never seen Hoarders. Clutter gives me anxiety and I take no pleasure in seeing other people's mountains of stuff or how much pain their stuff has caused them. However, back in the day, aka five years ago, I did read Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and it was incredibly helpful. I went full out. I held every item I possessed to my chest and asked if it sparked joy and waited for my body to give me an answer. And yes, I felt like a complete and utter weirdo doing that. But after a while, I did genuinely get the sense of when stuff sparked joy for me and when it didn't. For example, I have a piece of costume jewelry that is frankly magnificent, but that I've only worn once. It's a massive black crystal oval ring with a white crystal frog perched on top of it. The frog's name is Frank, if you really must know. That ring sparked all kinds of joy to me. It's an amazing piece. And even though I've only worn it once, there is no way I'm ever getting rid of it. It's just too freaking cool. On the other side of things, very boring pieces of clothing didn't give me any kind of reaction because there is nothing really that special about them. This is where Marie Kondo loses me and kind of puts me in a weird conundrum. Do you only keep the things that actually spark joy and risk only having a frog ring to wear to work every day? Or do you give yourself some space to keep the non-joy sparking stuff in your closet because you know it's what you'll wear day in and day out? I had a really interesting chat with someone on Instagram about Marie Kondo and she basically said she wanted me to tell everyone that Marie Kondo isn't about minimalism and if you really think about it, she isn't. She's about bringing and keeping stuff in your life that is about joy. That might amount to a lot of stuff. It, if every baseball card you had when you were 10 sparked joy for you, then it's okay for you to keep them. That might mean you keep dozens or hundreds of baseball cards in your life. What this conversation sparked in me is that minimalism isn't about owning the least amount of stuff humanly possible, at least not to me. 
I know it's portrayed that way, but I don't think that's really what it is about. The difference between minimalism and Marie Kondo for me is a difference between the head and the heart. If I only listened to my head during my major decluttering, Frank the Frog Ring would have been sold or donated. And if I only listened to my heart, my closet would be 100% floral prints and yoga pants and 0% any kind of work-appropriate attire. The thing is, you need both your head and your heart involved to make a successful go at decluttering and living a minimalist life. I don't want to warn off anyone who thinks the Marie Kondo method might be useful for them. However, it's not a method that will work for everyone, especially if you have a lot of emotional attachments to the stuff that you own. We're human and attachments are natural. However, because the KonMarie method is essentially based on only keeping things that spark an emotional connection for you, you might find it hard to make any progress in your decluttering if you have a lot of attachments to your stuff, because everything will spark joy for you. That's how you ended up with so much stuff in your life to begin with. So trying to focus in on that emotional attachment you have to your stuff won't actually do you any good. You either won't be able to get rid of anything, or you'll end up with your own version of the awesome frog ring, and that's okay. Don't get discouraged if you're finding the KonMari method difficult. It's not a magical decluttering tool that will solve all of your problems. There are tons of other methods out there that may be more relevant and easier for you to apply to your life. Maybe you keep doing KonMari for your kitchen stuff, but then you do a men's game for your clothes or make keep, donate, and toss piles like Joshua Becker does. Heck, I even have a guide to decluttering you could try. It's battle tested, I promise. The point is, you need to find a decluttering method or tool that works for you in your life, not the method that Netflix has decided to bombard you with every time you turn on your TV. If Marie Kondo's philosophy works for you, great, but don't get bogged down in thinking that you have to declutter a certain way to make it worthwhile. I think we've all gotten wrapped up in that there is just one right way to practice minimalism or to declutter our lives, but there really isn't. There's just the one way that works for us that doesn't make us feel like failures and actually empowers us to retake control over this stuff in our lives. Maybe you're thinking, why do I need to deal with my clutter at all? Why can't I just cocoon into the piles and declare them my new home? Well, if you stumbled across this episode through your adventures on the internet, I'd wager you have at least a passing interest in dealing with your stuff. Beyond that, we now know that living with clutter can create anxiety, make you less productive, and keep you from doing the things you want in life. I know that that is terribly cliche. I don't know how else to explain the importance of decluttering. Decluttering isn't about deprivation. It isn't about living with one pair of pants for the rest of your life. So if that is what is keeping you from decluttering, don't let it. If Marie doesn't work for you, there is another method out there that will. It doesn't mean you're terrible at decluttering and are doomed to an eternity of overflowing closets and cupboards. It doesn't mean you should give up and go to the nearest store and buy seven more white t-shirts that you definitely never wear because you never wear white because you're accident prone. It just means you haven't found the right method for you yet. But there is one out there for you, I promise. So are you a Marie Kondo convert? Do you hate the spark joy method? What's your biggest barrier or obstacle when it comes to decluttering? Feel free to shoot me an email at tinyambitionsblog at gmail.com or comment over on the blog. If you're listening to this on Anchor, feel free to call in and let me know. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed this tiny bite.